Philosopher, mathematician, professor, and consultant Robert S. Hartman is best known for discovering the science of axiology and the Hartman value profile in the 1960s. And he shared this about his work, and it's related to what we're covering today in this solo episode about axiology. This is what Hartman said. Just as today's mathematics is the language of natural science, axiology will then be the language of value science. The categories of axiology can be applied to anything. Anything from the lowest to the highest can be valued in all three processes, systemically, extrinsically, and intrinsically. We must let it be known that we have the opportunity to live in three worlds, the systemic world of rules, the social world of the senses, and the moral or spiritual world of our inner selves, therein to live balanced, meaningful lives. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about this thing called axiology. It's like gravity. It's everywhere. It's in everything. And it's a tool and a resource we can use for making our life more meaningful and balanced. We can also use it in our work when we're hiring and coaching and in business and in ethics. It can help us make better decisions. And so my goal today is to make axiology easier to understand. So I'm excited to share it with you. This is a science that has been very meaningful to me in my own life and in the work I do, and I'm eager to share it with you. Thanks for tuning in. Hit it, Michael. Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast, a show designed for leaders, trainers, and consultants who are responsible for employee selection and professional development. Each episode is packed full with insider tips, best practices, expert interviews, and inspiration. Please welcome the host who is helping leaders, trainers, and consultants everywhere, Susie Price. Hi there, my name is Susie Price, and I'm with Priceless Professional Development, and you're listening to the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast, as you heard in the intro. Here at this podcast, what we cover is everything related to helping you and the employees in the organizations you work in and support activate greatness and wake up eager. Hence the title, Wake Up Eager Workforce. I am a professional facilitator, and Priceless Professional Development has been in business since 2004, and I was trained in 2005 in the science of axiology and in the trimetrics assessment. That's the main tool that I use and have become an expert in it. The tool is trimetrics, and I use it in companies all over the country for all these years to help with the employee life cycle in areas of hiring, coaching, team development, and more. And then I also train and certify internal and external consultants to become experts in the tools in Trimetrics. Our website is pricelessprofessional.com and the podcast directory so you can see all of our episodes. This is episode 77 and our podcast directory is at wakeupeagerworkforce.com, all one word, wakeupeagerworkforce.com. And as I mentioned today, this is episode 77 and our focus is making axiology easier to understand and apply. And we do detailed show notes. So you'll see timestamps and you'll see a transcript. So as we go through this episode and you want to revisit 
the links that we shared and the transcript and any any of the descriptions that I hope you'll find very useful, go to pricelessprofessional.com forward slash easy, E-A-S-Y, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash easy, and you'll get the show notes. So what are we going to cover today? I've already given you a good, good hint on all of it, um, but basically we'd summarize it is I want to help you easily understand and apply axiology so that without having hours and hours of study. So I'm hoping that this podcast and the tools that I'm going to share with you will give you a solid start and uh, have you comfortable in using the science and understanding and applying it for yourself and for any work instances that you want to use it with. I want to share with you five simple tools, and I have a new analogy that I'm very excited about. I've had an image made, a professionally paid a designer to create an image to represent the analogy. That will be in the show notes as well, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash easy. And then we're just going to go through the different uses of axiology. So let's just talk about this. So, so you may be new or um, maybe you are using it, but you don't really recall the definition of what axiology actually is. So let's go there first. It's a way to measure how the people we're hiring or coaching are thinking and making decisions. And we measure them by measuring what they value. Okay, so what we're thinking about is their decision-making ability, their judgment. And Hartman, whose quote I read when we started, basically it was previously thought that you couldn't measure how we think and make decisions. And Hartman discovered this in the 60s and 70s with the axiology, entitled it axiology, that the word axiology has been around for 120 years. It's a Greek word. And the axia means to have value or worth. And the meaning is the study of value. So axiology measures how we think and feel and how we make decisions. It is different from IQ. And it is different from personality. So it is different from a disc and motivators. Those are personality tools that tell you what you see, but they don't really tell you how someone thinks and how they're making decisions. It's also different from a psychological tool like the MMPI or the MMPI-2, which is the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory. That's something a lot of psychologists use as part of their practice and part of their billing and It is different from that. So it's not IQ. It's not personality. It's not psychology. But it is telling you something that is very practical. And that is, how does this person or how do I, I'm always using my results to help myself grow and understand how I'm thinking and feeling. It's a reflection of how I'm thinking and feeling, which then impacts the kind of decisions that I make. And what Hartman was able to do is figure out what is the perfect clarity in areas that are important to making good decisions. And then we can measure where we landed against that perfect clarity and um, bias orientation and figure out what the journey is between where we are and how we can grow. It's very powerful. So. It is the third science in the Trimetrics assessment that we use. Trimetrics does measure personality with the DISC in Trimetrics. And the Workplace Motivators goes a bit beneath personality because it's going into interests. 
And then we've got the axiology, which is what we're talking about today, how we think and feel and make decisions. And um, I wrote about or did a podcast on the car analogy that I use to explain the different parts that are important to performance. And you can listen to that episode if you want to learn more about the trimetrics, how it fits and how background and experience fits and then the impact of the culture. And it's uh, five reasons why employees fail. And that is a good explanation of another explanation, another analogy using a car. Um, you can go to pricelessprofessional.com forward slash job fit, J-O-B-F-I-T, to check out that episode. In the car analogy, the axiology, and this is my analogy that I use, and all analogies are not perfect, but they're often pretty useful. <laughs> and this car analogy is pretty useful because it helps put in context. You know, if you think about axiology, it is what's under the hood. It's not visible. You know, under your hood of your car, it is defines the performance of the car. It's not how the car looks, which is a bit like the disc style. It's not how much gas is in the tank of the car, which is what the motivators of Trimetrics does. But it is the horsepower and the power of the vehicle. And axiology, when we know how someone's ability to make decisions and we understand, you know, our judgment and um, our decision making, strength or where we might have blind spots, then we can manage our horsepower and increase it. You can make a car go stronger when you know where the gaps are or where the trouble is in the engine. And axiology gives us that. The uh, trimetrics assessment and the tools that we use are EEOC compliant and OFCC compliant, so they can be used in the workforce. So if you're taking an axiology, an assessment, that part of the trimetrics assessment is very simple to complete. It takes about 10 minutes and you're asked to rank two sets of 18 phrases from best to worst and to agree to disagree. And there are statements where you have to think about, okay, how would I place this? So you are thinking how you value these different statements. And each statement has an, a, an emotional attachment to it. So as you're completing the assessment, it's pretty easy to complete. It's hard to figure out what the right answer is. It forces you to select the items based on how you think and feel as you rank them. So it has no face validity, which is a great thing on a tool. In other words, you know how you can take some of those assessments and you say, oh, I need to answer it this way because that's the right answer. Well, with axiology and with the acumen tool that we use, you rank these 18 phrases. And while it's very simple to complete, it has a very rich and complicated and detailed back end. So there's 25 different mathematical calculations and over 64 quadrillion outcome possibilities. So there's um, a rich back end and it is reliable. And the nice piece is that you can um, make it easy for people to complete as well without them being able to guess what quote unquote the right answer is. 
So I had a human resource director, I have a human resource director client who asked that, you know, hey, I want to get better at axiology. I want to get know more about this. I see the value that it brings. Um, But basically, and I'm paraphrasing what this person said, she said, basically, I don't want to go through all the training. I'm not in a theoretical study, but I do want to understand more to be able to speak to it and to guide leaders in our company. So that's a bit of why this podcast, how to make it easier. So I'm going to grab a clip from one of my interviews that I had recently with uh, Art Ellis. He has his Ph.D. He's a licensed professional counselor. He's very involved in the Hartman Institute, which I am also involved in, and he is on the Wisdom Council. And he knew Dr. Hartman. So this founder of Axiology in the interview that I did with him, he talks about having Dr. Hartman review his results with him and and how it changed his life. And you can check out that full episode. I'm going to share a clip uh, from his from that episode, but it's pricelessprofessional.com forward slash Hartman Art, A-R-T, Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N-A-R-T, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash Hartman Art, if you want to check out that episode. But let's go listen to it now. He's going to talk about how we can more easily explain axiology with a great example. One of the things that I think is important is that you do not have to be a philosopher or a formal axiologist to use these tools. Uh, are you sitting in a room right now that has a light and a light switch? Yes. If you went over, I said, Susie, go over and flip the light off and flip it back on. You could do that, could you not? I could. And then if I said to you, Susie, explain to me what just happened. <laughs> like, uh, I hit the switch. <laughs> and the light changed. Uh, right. And that's all you need to know about all of the physics that goes in to making that process work. That's true. And if you ask a physicist what happened, they will give you all kinds of an explanation. But the bottom line is they still don't quite know (laughs) what it is that happened. between the switch and the light coming on. They do not know all about it. So from this kind of standpoint, you can give somebody just some basics that formal axiology has to do with the way that you deal with all of the aspects of your life. And we divide that into three dimensions. And these three dimensions form a hierarchy. It's not that they are not each important. It is that they each have a place in the hierarchy. And the most important one is called the intrinsic. And it basically has to do with people and your relationships with people. And it has a lot of other aspects, too. But we'll just think about that for the moment. The second most valuable one is called the extrinsic, and it has to do with all of the material and practical things that make up your life. And the least important, but still very important, and it's how everything in your life and your thinking is organized. So it has to do with the systems that govern our lives. Those three things make up uh, the process of axiology. 
And so how we value all three of these dimensions as we go through everyday life, if you don't know a thing about axiology, never heard the word before, you're still doing it. You're Mm -hmm. still making decisions every day about people and about the stuff in your life, about the rules that you have to follow. If you understood formal axiology a little better and you understood these dimensions, you might change some of the ways that you make some of those decisions because you might come to see that there are elements that you are not valuing appropriately. You're valuing some things too much and some other things not enough. And you may not be giving proper attention to the people in your life, or you may be giving too much attention to the stuff in your life. And so I think that just as a basic kind of explanation of what this is all about, is trying to learn how to make better decisions by learning how this hierarchy works. So that would be my basic explanation of formal axiology. (laughs) I love it. It was perfect. It was perfect and super helpful. But one of the things that I've always been a real advocate for is what I call informal axiology. (laughs) Yes. It's when, you know, we just teach people, or some people are, are natural at it anyway. They understand the hierarchy. They've never heard of it. But they understand that people are more important than things. But if we could get people to uh, think about this field of axiology as commonly, uh, let's think for a moment about Stephen Hawking and Carl Sagan. What did they do for cosmology and physics? They brought it right into the living room. Mm -hmm. They made all of that information about uh, the stars and physics and quantum mechanics, they made that into common uh, vocabulary that uh, people don't shun that. They, I mean... It's just normal. It's, it's just, just normal. everyday life. They didn't make it... So it's like it, turning it off the light switch, basically. Exactly. You know? Yes. So if we could get formal... If we could get axiology, my informal kind of axiology... Yep into that kind of uh, framework so that we don't have to change the name. We just have to have people understand that this is about values and and value decision-making. Yes. And if we can get that somehow into the psyche uh, so that people are aware and using that commonly, normally, then we will change the world. So let's to reiterate a little bit about what Art shared. He says axiology in the simplest terms is the way you deal with all aspects of your life. And he gave us three focus areas. So you could use the word deal with. It's the way you think and feel. You could use the word judgment. So this is how I make decisions. This is my judgment. And he gave the three focus areas. People. Material and practical things, so we could call that tasks, and then how everything in your life is organized, and we could call that system. So we could say people, tasks, and systems, and then in the axiology assessment, what you will see is intrinsic, extrinsic, systemic. Intrinsic is the people, extrinsic is the tasks, 
and systemic is the systems. And so we have one mind and the beauty of what Hartman discovered is when we, we have this brain and this mind and we think and we feel and we think and feel in these dimensions or these focus areas all the time. And we think about these three focus areas in the world and we think about these three focus areas within ourselves. And it's in everything. It's like gravity. So everything has these dimensions. And I'll just give you one simple example so that I don't overdo it and go into full training mode because I do have training courses and all of this and train people on a regular basis, like I mentioned as at the start about certification. But so for if you're a supervisor or you're a leader, the systemic part of your role is the policies, the procedures. Those are the systems, right? Policies, procedures, role clarity, the resources. The extrinsic or the practical tasks related things are that you do as a supervisor or a leader is give feedback, measure or see how often you're interacting with your team, come up with measurements for the team for a measuring performance, keeping score. So it's tangible things and it's tasks. And then the third is the other dimension that we talk about is people intrinsic. So birthday conversations or listening to problems and challenges, a customer focus. So once you know these three dimensions and you know that they're in a thing or like a job, like a leader and supervisor, but they're also within our mind, then you start to see how this is like gravity. Gravity is everywhere. Whether we know it or not, it's happening. Whether you know it as a leader that there are these three focus areas or dimensions within the role, it's happening. It's there. Within ourselves and as we're thinking and making decisions, it's happening. It's there. And so that's, I think, that's how we all, those of us who are learning this science and using it, get so excited about it because it it creates a clarity of understanding you can start to pinpoint for ourselves and for people we work with and and want to help them improve and be successful we can start to understand where the strength is and then pinpoint where the development area is if you can tune the engine it's under the hood it's the stuff you can't see right away that you find out later on way down the road in the role if you know that from the beginning you can help people grow and help people own where they are already strong. And so it's it's like Art said in his clip that I shared, it's like physics and, and quantum mechanics. You know, science axiology is complicated. There's mathematical formulas and calculations on the back end, but we can gain all the benefit of axiology, like flipping a light switch with having without having to be an expert. We don't have to know the mathematical formulas. If we can just know that these three focus areas exist and that they're in everything and that they each represent a level of performance and uh, how we think, um, then we can start to use it. And one of the ways without having to become an expert, we do have a Trimetrics Expert Analyst Program, but without having to go through something like that, here are some tools that we have. And there are five tools here. 
one that we use all the time with clients, and I'll have this in the show notes. In fact, we just updated it. It's a memory jogger card, and it tells you or explains what the different things that um, show up on the axiology part of trimetrics are measuring and what they're saying about. So if somebody's in the people dimension and they didn't score as strong, what does that mean? And what indicators does that tell you? What insight can they give you? So that that's a huge resource in regard to, I don't have to be an expert. I just need, no, need to know how to look at that graph and then look at this memory jogger card and I've got insight. The other thing we've done is create um, a two-step debrief process, which encourages people on exactly on how to debrief, especially that part, but the entire trimetrics in a short period of time. I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. And I also did a whole episode on it at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash debrief. Um, so it, it goes into that, but I'll share the worksheets because I'm, what I'm wanting to share is some tools that are available immediately that you can access that says, I don't have to be an expert, but I can use this tool immediately. The car analogy that I talked about earlier, that is uh, a powerful tool in regard to understanding, you know, what's being measured and what you need to be looking at and how to keep axiology in in context to the other areas that are important. We have follow-up interview questions that we make available to our clients around. So if somebody scores in the people dimension, for example, on the intrinsic, one of the interview questions is if they didn't score very strong in it and the role really requires that they be really strong in that dimension or in that focus area, one of the example interview questions is give me an example of a time when you identify with someone else's difficulties at work. What, if anything, did you do to help them? So if somebody didn't score strong in that area or not as strong as you want, that's a good competency-based behavioral interview question that you can ask. We also have uh, coaching resources. So we have these learning bites, and those are also available to clients. I call them learning bites, but they're little PDFs for each area where someone scored not strong in the axiology area so that you can have some coaching tools or recommendations. And we're continuing to build that library. But that, those are all things that we've put in place to help you when you're using axiology, not have to be an expert, but to be able to understand the information and then apply it to growth for individuals. So that's kind of the lay in the groundwork. I'm hoping that you're seeing how axiology is like physics and it's also like gravity and there's, you know, decent comparisons there. It's everywhere. It's in everything. It has a has a complicated background, an easy interface. You don't need to know all the background in order to use it. I'm excited about this analogy. That's the part I want to go to now. So this is the new thing. I actually first heard of this analogy. It's a it's saying talking about axiology and talking about it as your board of directors. And I heard of this through James Comenzo. He was one of our speakers at the Hartman Institute recently, and he talked about it being like having our own board of directors. So let me build on the axiology part of this. And then I want you to go to the show notes so that you can see the image along with this. So the show notes are pricelessprofessional.com forward slash easy, and you'll see the show notes and the image. So we'll make sure that's front and center in, in on that page so you can quickly see it. So 
let me go into the story and paint the picture. So we've got Jeff. He's the CEO of Priceless Performance Racing, a performance racing company. And um, go figure. My husband's name is Jeff, and he loves car racing. (laughs) He's an executive in a company, but he does love car racing, so I thought it'd be fun to name the CEO after my guy. So Jeff is is has this company and he has trusted people that he uses as as advisors. All CEOs and leaders have people that they use, they t- go to that they trust who have expertise in certain areas to help help with decision making. And so Jeff has that. He has six board of directors and they're kind of board of advisors, but there are three people that provide input into professional his professional life specifically the specific strengths there and there are three people who provide input on his personal goals and personal life and so he takes all of that into consideration when he's making a decision so we have one board and we have two viewpoints personal and professional and we have three kinds of expertise and focus and those three kinds of expertise and focus are what Art talked about the intrinsic, extrinsic, and systemic, the people, the tasks, and the systems. Okay. So here's a specific thing that Jeff is trying to make a decision on. He wants to purchase a 2019 Porsche GT3 SR. He's already found the vehicle, um, but he's trying to decide if it's the right decision. So he's in, the, in his boardroom, and his six board of advisors, board of directors are sitting around the table with him, and each of, one, each of them, as I said, have special expertise. And I've named each one of them based on their expertise. So if you're looking at the image, you'll see on the left-hand side the professional group, and we have sitting on the left-hand side of the table is Structured Stanley. He represents the systemic, the systems. He brings expertise around laws, rules, and policies. We've got also Taskmaster Tara. She brings expertise and focus related to practical matters, efficiency, and results. So she is focused on tasks, and that's her expertise. And then we've got Compassionate Cody. And he's the people side based on his name. You can figure that out. He's focusing on understanding and seeing what is unique and special in people. And that is the intrinsic. So when when Jeff lays out, you know, this is the car I'm looking at buying. It's, you know, $150,000. Is this the best purchase for me to make at this time? Here's what these three people on the uh, professional side would say. Structured Stanley. Again, remember, he's systemic and he's looking at systems and how things are organized. He might ask questions like, what's our budget? Let's revisit our strategic plan. Do we have a plan for maintenance and upkeep? What's the protocol for driving and using the vehicle? So he's going to ask those kinds of questions to help stimulate Jeff's figuring out whether this is the right decision. Taskmaster Tara, she's also on the left-hand side, professional. She's thinking about the tasks, the practical matter. She represents the extrinsic focus area. And that's the extrinsic is the language used in the assessment. Taskmaster Tara might ask Jeff, is this practical? Is the car faster than the other race cars we have? When can we get it? What will we need to do to race it? How much money can we make? How collectible is it? Will the value of it go up over time? Can you get a fair price? So these are all practical 
action tasks doing parts of the puzzle. And then compassionate Cody is bringing the people equation into the decision. And he says, you know, he represents the intrinsic and he listens very closely because people who are really good at the intrinsic listen really closely. And he asks probing but supportive questions. He asks Jeff, how does he feel about the purchase? What does it mean to him personally? He reminds Jeff what he knows is that is that that car has always been on his wish list since the start of the business. And he reminds Jeff of his passion and interest in performance racing and how happy it makes him and how fulfilling it is to him. And how he also reminds him how this purchase will be a boost to the team. So these advisors are giving him balanced feedback because they're all strong in their area of expertise. And they're helping him make a sound and timely decision. If he, he had not had structured Stanley asking the structured systems types questions, and he only went with it, is it faster and how much he's, has he always loved it, which would have been from Tara, Taskmaster Tara and Compassionate Cody, he wouldn't have made a balanced decision. So if any of these focus areas or these expertise is missing from his board of advisors, then he's not making the best decision. And so that that gives us some insight into how these people, these focus areas help us in our decision making. And the more balanced we are in each one of these areas, and so for Jeff having balanced feedback, you're able to be more adaptable, more flexible. You can move in and out of each area so you're not, you don't have a blind spot about systems or you don't have a blind spot about people. And so your decisions are more powerful and you have more horsepower. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Now let's look at the personal side. So we're now looking at the image. If you're over at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash easy and you look on the right hand side of the table of the image and you've got, remember I said he had six, six board of advisors, three are professional who you just met and three are personal. So we've got the same focus areas, systems, task and people, but now it's in the personal area. And on the assessment, what we call it is future roles and self. So we've got duty-driven Dustin. So duty-driven Dustin represents the systems. And in the personal, it's, it's the future. So how organized am I? How hopeful am I about my future? Um, and you see his name is duty-driven Dustin. So it's about self-discipline, duty, and drive. So Dustin has that expertise. Then we have the extrinsic on the personal side, and that's Role Master Roland. Now, he brings expertise and focus on skills, expertise, and enjoyment in the work. And the way word we use on the assessment is roles. So how, how clearly does Role Master Roland see his roles? And then on the intrinsic, Confident Connie is measuring yourself. What's your inner strength? How confident? You can get, get a hint on what that is. Confident are you? How clear are you on your sense of self and, and knowing your own value and inner strength? And so those three folk, people now are going to weigh in on this decision about the vehicle. 
So Duty Driven Dustin, remember Duty Driven Dustin is thinking about the future and thinking about duty, drive, and discipline. He's excited because he's optimized, right? So he clearly sees the future for Jeff and the company as strength and confidence in that. He's hopeful. He applauds Jeff's interest and affirms the business can handle all the it all. And Jeff is able to see and hear from duty driven Dustin. This is your mission to grow this business. You are in track on track. You have courage and integrity. You can do this. Role master Roland is going to talk about the roles and he will say and be excited also about the growth of the company. And he reminds Jeff of what a talented CEO and race car driver he is and how his racing company is positioned to advance. And role master Roland is going to be excited about the purchase. And remind him about his mind, Jeff, of his about his level of expertise and ability and remind him about how he'll find more success. Confident Connie. Confident Connie is the intrinsic. And this is about how an advisor who believes in Jeff's self-worth and who he is. And so confident Connie is going to be calm and open to the change. Again, reminding him that this aligns with your values and your interests that you have capability within yourself and to lead the people on your team and you are worth having whatever your heart desires. So having a balanced internal, you know, balanced duty driven Dustin role master Roland and confident Connie also affects the decision making. You're well integrated. You know who you are. And he's getting that kind of feedback from these folks. (laughs) And you know where you're headed in the future. You know what you should be doing. Um, You feel right about yourself intuitively and spiritually. So what if for Jeff, he had, as he was making this decision about purchasing the Porsche, what if his on his professional side was really strong and clear, but his personal side was worried and and they they had less expertise. There instead of being you know at a hundred and being solid in each area, maybe on a scale of zero to a hundred, he, he was at forty in each one of these areas. So then he would be nervous about making the decision, even though it is a good business decision. He might hold back. Uh, he might wonder about his worth. Confident Connie wouldn't be there; it'd be somebody else. He might not think he has a strength as a role as a CEO. He might not be confident in his role. He might be skeptical about his future. So each of these focus areas, the three professional in the world focus areas that I have given fun names to to try to make it real. And then the personal focus areas all come into play when we're making a decision. So every time we're making a decision, everything we're doing, those six focus areas. Those six people are in our brain. <laughs> They're with us. They're, we don't wonder we're crazy, right? These people are in our mind and we all have this. We all have these six board members, these focus areas, these value perspectives. Hartman shared the most important singular thing that each one of us possesses is himself. Each of us is given to himself and our task in life consists in knowing ourselves more and more and familiarizing ourselves with ourselves more deeply and becoming increasingly more of who we are. And I think what's so exciting about Hartman's work is he believes and believed then when he discovered axiology that we all have the potential to be at 100 
self-actualized, fully realized self. And, and that would involve growing in each of these six focus areas and having the strength that each one of these people, quote unquote people, in my analogy, brought to Jeff as he was making the decision. And so we can craft a very specific path towards the ideal when we understand that as we're making a decision, we're not making it just in one area. All areas are coming into play. That's why we measure all areas. And that's why we have the opportunity to grow in each of the areas. And I'll tell you a personal example. When I was, and we're getting ready to close on this. When I first started my business in 2005, my role awareness so that would be task master or role master Roland. That's right. That's this personal role master Roland. My role awareness was lower. I just moved into consulting. I was 38 years old. I knew I wanted to do this. I knew like professionally it was the right thing to do, but I was worried about my you know worth and do I do I relate to this role? Can I do this role? Had all kinds of questions. And the way it showed up was sometimes I, was, um, I wasn't clear about what to do. I wasn't efficient with all the doing things. I wasn't clear what the expectations were. And I had a lot of stress. And so once I saw that on my assessment results, like, okay, what I need to do is grow confident in this role I need to need to grow my role awareness. I need to have role confidence. And that's the personal internal side of the extrinsic, the doing. And so that's where I needed to spend my time. I needed to grow that. And that's what I did. I went to conferences. I got certified. I studied with one of Dr. Hartman's because I know what works for me is I'm high theoretical. So I, I knew I wanted to learn. I studied with Dr. Hartman's, one of Dr. Hartman's graduate students, Dr. Medford. Um, and all of that, I could see when I would retake the assessment, my role awareness, my role master Roland area grew. And as that grew, my energy grew, my frustration decreased, my sense of self rose. I start to see more of my value. I was more effective as a consultant. And then the next thing I went to work on after I grew that area was on the professional side. You remember I said you how you think and feel about an area. So the practical thinking area, which is the area where you're about getting things done, Taskmaster Tara. I was good at getting things done, but what I could, what the assessment showed me was how I felt about it, that I was frustrated, too much to do, moving too fast. I wasn't in harmony with all the stuff that I had to do. And so I worked on that now. So how do I become a better manager of my time? Um, how do I make sure I'm saying yes to the right things and not overburdening myself. And, you know, I'm basically, I get things done immediately, thoroughly and cheerfully. And prior to making that shift in that particular dimension or focus area, which is the extrinsic, the task side in the world, I wasn't getting things done immediately. I was behind on some things. I wasn't doing it, let's see, immediately, thoroughly. So sometimes I wasn't as thorough. So I'd have typos and things on my PowerPoints. Not terrible, good enough to continue to get hired, but not at, to my full potential, right? And then cheerfully, I was 
you know, struggling. And you see that a lot with people, too, in that particular focus area, the practical thinking focus area. People, you know, a lot of people have that, especially right now with COVID and at home and family. And so it's not a judgment on our judgment. It is just it's 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 objective. You can see it and go like, okay, And and then you go, oh, wait a minute. I didn't realize I was frustrated. I've actually had a senior vice president say that to me one time. The assessment results showed, you know, that the person was frustrated and they're a sunny type personality. But under the hood, what you couldn't see was frustration and stress. And so I asked him about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, my daughter just said the other day, Daddy, you're so grumpy. <laughs> you know, So it it shines a light on things we may be feeling, ways we may be thinking. I mean, I, I knew I was stressed when I started my business. But then when I saw it, then I knew, okay, I can grow this. That's what's so exciting about axiology. So there is no judgment. It's not, we're not doing anything wrong. We are never standing in one place. I mean, heaven knows we've learned that this year where last year with COVID, you know, things are always changing and we're reacting to it. And, and then the assessment is just a way to measure where we are and then craft a plan to get to where we want to go. So in summary today, we've talked about we have one mind. But what Hartman helped us see is we have in that mind, we have a personal views and we have our professional views. And within each of those, we have three, the same three focus areas. Professionally, we have the people, we have the tasks, we have the systems, which is the intrinsic, extrinsic and systemic. And then on our personal side, we have the same thing, the intrinsic, the extrinsic and the systemic. But it is ourself, our roles and our future. And I'm hoping that our discussion today it has given some new insight as opposed to having to take a training course about applying axiology without the hours and hours of study. I hope it's been helpful and I hope all the other tools that I've created and shared um, are helpful as well. And you can go to our show notes to find those at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash easy. With the analogy, I hope that the image that I've created is helpful and can be a source of a touch point for you. So I'll make it so you can easily download that from the page to remember what each of those areas are and to be thinking about this as a board of advisors and that it's in everything and it is within us. So Hartman, when I opened that, one of the quotes that he shared uh, is, you know, just as today's mathematics is the language of natural science, axiology will then be the language of value science. And now that probably has a little bit more meaning than it did when I said it at the opening, right? Axiology is the language of value science. The categories of axiology can be applied to anything. Anything from the lowest to the highest can be valued in all three processes, systemically, extrinsically, and intrinsically. So you saw that example today when I talked about and just gave the example of, the, of being a leader and supervisor, how it's measured there. And then you see it with the analogy. We talked about Jeff and his, his company and his board of advisors. So when you start looking at the world through these three dimensions and realizing that everything has that, it's like a new ha aha, <laughs> a big one, kind of like we never had to learn gravity. We just knew it. We're learning this so that we can see it, but it's all was always there. 
And then to summarize his last quote that I used this earlier on is, we must let it be known that we have the opportunity to live in three worlds, the systemic world of rules, the social world of the senses, and the moral or spiritual world of our inner selves, and therein to live balanced, meaningful lives. And that is my wish for you, for myself, because we're never standing still, you know, we can't get it wrong because we're never done. We're always moving forward. We're always evolving. It's not a straight line. Axiology can be a tool to help you make better decisions, to have better judgment. And it is different from other tools that measure personality or psychology or IQ. And it is very valuable. And I would love to continue to help you in any way in understanding this. So if I can be of help, please reach out, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash Susie, S-U-Z-I-E. I'll be happy to chat with you. And just thank you for listening. If you have any feedback about this episode or other episodes, please feel free to share or love for you to subscribe or, or leave us a review. Go to pricelessprofessional.com forward slash review. And I, I give a little how-to on how to do that on iTunes. And you can always reach out to me just with some feedback there too. So thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Pricelessprofessional.com forward slash easy is where the show notes are. Take care. God bless. This episode of the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast was brought to you by Priceless Professional Development. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to pricelessprofessional.com to gain access to more professional development resources. 